0: Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover the personal journeys behind their work. Explore options from indie to traditional publishing and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing.
1: Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm Katherine Taylor, your host and producer. Let's Get Writing is all about the writing process from creation to publication. And here is where you can find inspiration, ideas and meet the people behind the stories. I like to say that we bring life to books and certainly so much more. Now, if you want to ask a question, I'll always track the comments and do my best to get back to you and to stay up to date on all the shows. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Catherine Taylor TV or watch us live here on Facebook on Wednesdays. Now, my guest today, another Newfoundland author, and he's an enthusiastic self-published, his first book, and he wants to take readers on an adventure around the world. So please meet my guest, and I'm going to bring him up in the screen, Justin B. Hodder. Welcome to Let's Get Writing.
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: Very well, thank you. I'm excited to have you here because I'm an indie author and you're an indie author. And I think we'll have all kinds of great things to share
2: great with chemistry. people who
1: want to know about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank
2: you for having so, me on the show.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Let's just, I always like to, we never know where people are watching from. And by the way, please let us know. But uh, let's share where you are. Where are you
2: living? Uh, right now I live in Paradise, uh, Newfoundland. Um, but I'm originally from a place called Stoneville, which is located in central Newfoundland. Uh, It's close to Fogo Island for a better reference point for some of uh, the locals.
1: Exactly, because I was like, where is it? Where is it? (laughs) And then I realized I've actually been there uh, whilst uh, taking a ferry over to Change Islands. I've been in your hometown.
2: Many people have been there. They just don't know they've been there.
1: That's right. Oh, my. But the nice thing to establish is that you're a Newfoundland author, and it's so right. interesting and wonderful, and there's so many people who are writing right now from our province, and they're doing so many different things. Yeah. And I guess, Justin, I wanted to, to ask, did you always have a vision that you would write books? How did this all come about?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if I always knew I was going to write books, but I knew I was always going to do something to – Basically, get my creative juices flowing and get it out, and and try to gather an audience to entertain. Basically, uh, I love being an entertainer. Um, so one day um, back in 2019, uh, actually, it was Canada Day weekend. I was like, had had this creative flow going, and I just said, you know what? I'm going to try my hand at writing. I'm just going to see if if that's the outlet I've been looking for. You know what I mean? And I just sat down to my computer and. I think it was within like two hours, I had like a very rough first chapter or half of a chapter written. And I was like, this sounds good, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Because you're always nervous about your own work. And uh, anyway, like you do, you, I got a few friends over and I said, guys, can you just take like 10 minutes to read this or 20 minutes or whatever? And I scooted the computer. And when they read it, they look back at me. and They're like, this sounds like a book. And I'm like, yeah, I'm writing it. And they were like, you need to keep going because now I need to know what happens next. And I was like, it's only two or three pages or four pages or whatever. And they were like, you're on to something. So I kept going.
1: Good for you. And, I mean, you work full time, which is often the case yep. with writers. We don't have the uh, pleasure of being a writer full time, at least not until you start pumping out books like Danielle Steele or <laughs> – Anyway, here we are. But so, how did you you fit it in around your life, and you kept going? What motivated you?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, my thing was like my mentality always goes to uh, downtime is often time you could be doing something more expressive. Um, so when I first started writing a book, I did do it on weekends and evenings and stuff like that. But to, but to be honest, uh, I guess talking about work life balance, I often would go into work. Early, I work, you know, an eight to five, so I would go in. 7 o'clock or 7.30 where it's private, no one's in yet in the office, I'd sit down, crack open my computer and I'd just start writing. Uh, I'd often, I get an hour lunch break where I would usually spend up in the boardroom, you know, on your phone like most of us. Uh, but instead I, I converted that into taking my computer up with me to my lunch break and I would write for an hour every day. Um, and I just felt that you, you were very unbothered by other stuff and, and those homely distractions I used to call them, mm-hmm. whether it be you know, uh, a video game system or movies or television—they weren't there in the workplace because you were you were secluded. So I found that's when I got most of my writing out. So
1: that's interesting because and, and it proves the fact that just an hour here, an hour there, can add up to a book.
2: It did, and and there you go. Uh, <laughs> it 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 came to fruition, but also my—that's uh, a beautiful cover, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, We're going to talk but, about it. <laughs> but uh, my wife is also a nurse, um, and in our lifestyle, she she doesn't drive yet. Um, so I often have to pick her up at 7.30 in the evening, so I get off at 5. I also used to, I call it punish myself, uh, to stay from 5 o'clock when everyone else would go home from work, I would stay. Uh, and just sit at my desk for two and a half hours and write until I had to go get my wife. And again, it was it was uh it was almost like I forced myself in a good way of course, forced mm-hmm. myself to have the right because distractions are your worst enemy when you're a writer and I'll tell you that for free. So. <laughs> for
1: free. Well and 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 it is and it's easy to get distracted and if you so see easy. something, oh yeah, I should have done this or, and Sometimes being out of that home environment is a great thing.
2: It it really is. And, you know, like I I understand everyone has different hobbies or you have like, I'll call them chores, grown up or not. You have chores and you have to do your your work at home. But on days that I knew that if I went home, I would be doing something less productive. I would, like I said, I would go, nope, you're going to stay after work today and you're going to write this book, Justin. And uh, here we are. So it was good to do. So,
1: and you know what's interesting and you you'll talk to a lot of um writers and they do say that they do say stay at it um keep at it and bit by bit you'll have what you want and I'm just reminding people this is all about writing let's
2: get you, writing You yeah you exactly and that's exact you're like no let's not go home let's get writing instead you know what i mean Yeah um, and and it is a good balance and you don't want to burn yourself out i mean there was days i did Force myself to stay, and I was probably less productive than I would have been if I took a day break or two day mm-hmm. break or whatever. And and that's things you learn as you go. Um, but at the same time, even if you write one, there's days now. I'm like I said, I'm kind of already dabbling on the second one, and I might go off for a lunch and do the same thing. I might write one paragraph in an hour, and you know what? To me, it's still a success because I did something that was not that wasn't nothing. You know what I mean? That's so,
1: right. You're moving yourself forward. Some yeah. days. Steps, some days, little steps. That's right. You know, I get the sense when I was planning to interview you and doing a little research, I get the sense that that you you're really focused and intent on maybe eventually making writing a profession or certainly making sure people see your books. So am I right in saying that?
2: Yeah. I mean, like my first goal was for this one, I guess like us all is to get noticed. And you know, I, and I mean that on the lightest of scales, I mean, I'm not looking for fame and fortune. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it if, if someone will give it to me, but uh, you know, I just wanted the book. To, I felt I had something to offer that wasn't quite niche to Newfoundland uh, these days in, in the book industry, you know, and I said, I'm going to take a stab at it and see if I'll have any success. And uh, as we talked, uh, I guess, off air, Um, I had mentioned that in the first four weeks I had crazy success and like people were just pouring out all these comments and uh, in a good way Um, and I was like okay maybe I'm on to something so already I had you know ideas for a sequel or a threequel or or beyond in this uh, Owen's Odyssey series Um, so now I'm just excited to see if I can uh, have lightning strike twice is what I like to call it. So, <laughs>
1: Well, I'm not even sure that I've mentioned your uh, the title of your book, and I'll bring it up here now, <laughs> The yeah, Mist no. of Morn. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is an Owen's Odyssey book, which is very cool because I think sometimes – in writing, and I felt the same way when I was going, Yeah, I'd like to know that there's another one that could follow this because I'm not tired of these characters at all. I wanna I wanna spend some time with them.
2: And and that was exactly my goal. Uh the other thing was, you know, I was trying to be I wasn't trying to get too ahead of myself either. So um even though this book, The Mists of Mourn, is an Owen's Odyssey title, and I do have plans for a future one. Uh, I did want to let any reader or potential reader know, I mean, this is a standalone book. It's not something that, you know, you have to read it and then you expect to keep going and, you know, you drag along or whatever. If if this is your type of book, you will enjoy this one by itself just as much as hopefully you might want a series. Um, so I kept it open-ended because I didn't want to back, I, I said this to uh, someone else the other day, I didn't want to back myself into a corner, you know. On one hand, we have to look at reality. Maybe you won't have success with this novel, and you know you let it be, and it is what it was. But on the other hand, you could strike success, even on any scale, and you need to be prepared to capitalize on that success, which I'm hoping to do with what I've gained already. So,
1: yeah, well, not from lack of trying or inspiration, because I'm seeing that come from you, and I feel it. Um, I want. I here's something. I want you to finish this sentence. Yeah. Uh, you want to create larger than life storytelling because
2: because um, when like a lot of stories from Newfoundland are very based on locales here, and I wanted something that could expand, like still hold the heart of Newfoundland in the book, which I won't get too far into because I don't want a small ending. But I wanted to take Newfoundland readers on an adventure that many people won't have the chance to you know, not everyone has the means to travel from Newfoundland see to Greater World and, and all these other cool places that we see about on TV. So it, it was kind of cool for me to take a journey as well, to research these places and kind of feel like I did go there, even though i never I will never see some of these places, you know what I mean? Um, but I wanted to take all that encapsulate it, and bring it back home to Newfoundland and share it with with our audiences here.
1: So and yeah, you never know. I mean, right now our wings are clipped a little bit, but uh, hey, it might be a very cool idea to go visit these places
2: one can uh, only yourself. Hope. Yeah, well, one can only hope uh, I, would, <laughs> I would. Some of these places, like I said, I, I, I try to think I'll never see. But, you know, maybe one day the success will come through and I will get to go visit them and uh, live my own adventure, so to speak.
1: Absolutely, and and that's so part of the journey of writing your first book. You had decisions to make, how you were going to do it. And I mentioned in the introduction, you self-published. So, um, what, why that decision? You didn't pursue a publisher, a traditional publisher. You decided to take it all on yourself. I did. And- it. Tell
2: us yep. about it. Yep. I did. Um, well, first, I, I I'm new to the industry. Uh, you know, I always I, I like being transparent. I don't have a literary degree or English background or any of these cool things that a lot of writers seem to have. I was just creative, and I knew I was creative, so I wanted to do something special from my own ideas. So when I started this, I was like, okay, where does someone who writes a novel start? Like, obviously, you have to write it. That's obvious, but once that's over, I mean, you look at it, that's the easy part, you know what I'm saying? So so I, I, I wrote the book in about four months and I was like, you know, you sit back and you read it and you read it and you read it and you're like, wow, this is really good. But then you locate the editor, which is the first step apparently you have to do is get someone to edit your work because guess what, we're not perfect. Um, so that was an eye opener and the amount of red pen and red marker that came back in my direction after I got an editor, I'm not going to lie, I probably, I know I shed tears on my couch once I got a couple of rough drafts back with all the markups and I was like, oh, this is the process. Okay. And uh, it, it was, um, you know, it was hard. Uh, you, you really have to be tough skinned because you are going to get criticism in a good way um, and you learn from your mistakes. So I, I had to seek out editors and I mean, that was just an online flurry. Luckily, I had a friend of mine who, knew some freelancers, which are great people to work with because they're very open and, and like yourself as a self-publisher, there's no reins on you. You can do whatever you want. Um, so, so we worked together and that worked out great. Then I was like, okay, now my manuscript is polished. Now what? Oh, I got to have a cover and a back blurb and I have to draw someone in physically to the book before anyone will even crack it to read the inside. So um, luckily, a very, very good friend of mine, uh, if I may, his name is Christopher Holmes. He works out of Ottawa. He's a graphic designer. He's actually from a place called Gander Bay, which is, again, local. So (laughs) keeping everything local. Uh, None of my stuff was outsourced, by the way, off the island. Everything was kept here except for uh, my proofreader was from Halifax. And, of course, the people who printed the book was located in Manitoba. Um, But I had to find all these people online, and it was a whirlwind, like, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It, it was just so hard. You had to learn it all day by day with something new. So
1: Wow. And, of course, I, I get what you're saying when you have a book in that first manuscript and you feel like, oh, well, this is pretty good. Yeah. And you share it you share it with the people who are in the industry, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, back to the drawing board again, and I well, have I mean, to tear this apart and do a few well,
2: things. When I when I sent it to my editor – it, I think I was in somewhere at around 110,000 words, okay? Right. Um, it was like 27 chapters. So I sent it to the editor. She did her thing, sent it back. On the next draft, I now had 29 chapters, and my book was gone up to 114,000 words. That was after su- the substantive edit. And for anyone who may not know, the substantive edit is more like, I see what you're trying to write about. Here's what you got to get rid of to make it more concise, So once the substantive edit was done, oddly enough, you think you would remove stuff, but I actually ended up having to add stuff, which I guess is the process. Then once I had that done, as we all may or may not know, is the copy and line edit, which is all the grammar mistakes, all the punctuation, all the paragraphing and the spacing. And again, a whirlwind. So after she was done that part, my book was back down to 113,000. So it's so much give and take and you don't realize it gets chopped and then added and chopped again. And then you're left with a great product in the end. And I assure everyone who's writing of that, I guarantee you.
1: Yeah. And you do need that team yeah. and those extra eyes. I'm not saying well, you have to have them, but it sure makes it a lot better. Mm-hmm. And in reading your book, you did an excellent job in editing. Because <laughs> I have sort of an eye for things like that. And I, I don't even think I've seen any. No misspellings, no letters left out. So somebody was.
2: I'm not paying her, folks. I'm not paying her. I, <laughs> no,
1: I, I haven't yet. I'm not all the way through it. I have to finish oh, yeah. in the next day or so. I'll I'll let you know. But oh,
2: yeah. but okay. I know. They are in there. They're in there. There's a couple in there I found <laughs> after the fact.
1: Isn't that painful, though? All that so effort. Then you find a couple, but it, it it is almost
2: impossible. It's human error. I, you know, it is yeah. what it is. I'll fix them on the next printing, I assure you.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of that, okay, so you, you had a wonderful graphic artist. Is there anything else you might want to tell us about the cover?
2: Yeah. So uh, like I said, I uh, hope everyone can see this. Um, it's hard because the computer screen reflection, but uh, basically what I wanted to do is a lot of – this is a, an adventure fiction, okay? Um, and I know when I did my research, I was like, you know, what do you put on the cover of an adventure fiction? And a lot of people, they had, you know, you should have a very – Actiony image, and if your main character is male, male or female, you should have like a silhouette of them, like back on, staring at your scene. I guess was the common, commonplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was trying to deviate from a lot of the norms. That was something I wanted to do when I started writing. I said, you know what, I'm not a writer. I'm new to this. Maybe I can take some things and put a spin on it. That not to say weren't never done before, but you know, just make them my own. So I said, you know what, I want an image ripped straight out the book. Now I know you haven't got this far yet, unfortunately, (laughs) but this this image right here is a direct rip from a chapter in the novel, uh, and any reader would know it when they get there. But the cool one, so the title is The Miss of Mourn. For any Newfoundland reader, uh, you may recognize this gorge as Gross Mourn, gorge. However, I would like to clarify and assure any reader that what you think this title means is not what it means. So there's a lot to be learned and a lot of secrecy around the book. But what I really wanted to show, and I just showed Catherine this when we were discussing off the air. I hope it comes out the right way. Yeah, but it does. Yeah, if you look at this very subtly, it is an image of the Newfoundland flag. You will see the. Oops, sorry. You will see the four blue triangles and the mist here. I'm opposite. The mist here makes the uh, diagonal white lines, and this is, of course, our yellow arrow or beam of light in my case I guess that depicts that and it's very small but you can see there is some red characters I won't go any further than that that. (laughs) Uh, so they are right there and yeah so that was something I really cool and then of course on the back just for the viewers again is the back blurb and this is the artifact in question I won't say what it is or what it does but I was very um I was very I guess Adamant about getting that put on the back there. So
1: interesting. Well, it's nice to have the kind of artistic control over your product, and that's yeah. one of the benefits of self-publishing. And I thought I would ask you—you you know, having gone through this process, what things have you learned? Anything you would do differently, or did you love everything about <laughs> no, it?
2: No, no. Like, like I said, uh, to me, it, it was a love-hate thing first, which was the editing, and that was, I come back to that again because it was so emotional. Um, you know, and you would know yourself from writing that seeing someone take your work and for lack of a better term, completely rip it apart on you and be like, here's all the bad stuff. And when someone just takes all the bad stuff and presents it in front of you, it's like, you're like, Whoa, am I, should I keep going? Am I meant to do this? Like, but now I feel confident that I know that's the process. That's what you're paying these people to do. You know, that's their job. Uh, as we're in the, in this first novel i think when i first got that first edit back i took it personal if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, but i realized that that's not the case you need to you need to just be step back take a breath look at what the professional has done and go okay how can i take what they've said or done and make it better and that's what i chose to do i chose to turn it into a good thing so i think what i've learned is that when the second book comes back and or, or gets going and and i send it to an editor I'm going to be rubbing my hands like, oh, I can't wait to see what I did wrong this time. You know what I mean? And uh, it sounds funny, but I, I guess that's that's just the truth of it. That's what you need to do.
1: Well, it's a learning process all the exactly. way. And and it's like anything. The more you do it, the easier it gets. You, yeah. you learn something. There are things that you'll probably not repeat yeah. in the second book that you might have done in the first and you know, so you you do, and I I think we're very close to our books and what we've done because it, it's an expression of who we are. So so, it kind of does hurt that first time that someone looks at it and it's not that perfect baby that you thought it was. Yeah. Um, you know, I think all authors can identify with those feelings for sure.
2: Yeah, and and I'm sure they can. And and like I said, it is something that I definitely learned. So.
1: Well, and you saw it through to the end. So it's encouragement for anyone who's out there thinking of writing um, just someone maybe you will want to reach out to and talk to. And you are very, very, I I see you're very enthusiastic and focused on your marketing of this book. Now, tell us a little more about that. You're really putting a great effort in there.
2: Yeah, I uh, well, basically, like I said, so my background is originally like we touched on it uh, about my job and uh, working in between. I am a salesman, Um, so I knew not to shy away from, um, you know, opportunities and like, you know, the word no was not something that I was discouraged to hear because my attitude was like, okay, well, the worst they can say is no and I'll move on my merry way. So, I mean, there was people I reached out to that turned me down flat um, I reached out to some publishing places that I, cause I, I mean, I would have liked to have gotten published when I was still determining what I wanted to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, they were just like, no, this was not our style. So I was like, maybe I did again, I, I thought maybe I did something wrong, but I realized after the fact that, um, that's part of the process. You, you really just learn the process and this is all normal and there is no, there is no abnormalities about it. it it is what it is and you learn that once you dive into this world of writing so
1: and actually many times with with traditional publishers, it's not only that it has to fit. I mean, they make a huge commitment when they take on a book, but that's a long way out too. Yeah, I mean, they're planning for the next year. If you have something that you want out in the marketplace, sometimes self publishing is a great way to get it out there more quickly. See yeah. how people respond. Is it the product I want? Is you know, and the, and it's feedback, more immediate feedback for you.
2: Yeah, not and you know, and like I said, not. I, I, not every genre is, is up everyone's alley either. I mean, that's, you pick and choose your battles obviously in that category. Um, but you know, I, I did what I wanted to do. I stuck with it. I, you know, I had a bit of, a bit of action in there, a little bit of a smidge of adult themes. And then you got your obviously broader historical artifact searching story. And I just wanted to wrap them all up into one and, uh, you know, see what, see what came out in the end, I guess.
1: And take people on an adventure. <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and it's it's been really fun, and I I uh, I love your main character. I really yeah. I think she's great, and there's so many other aspects to it. Anyway, I mean, people have to read.
2: She- yeah, and, and you know what? Well, that's, and 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 come to think of it, now that you mentioned that, that was another big challenge. Um, is my my main uh, protagonist is female, so you know, obviously, I'm a, a male myself, so. My first challenge was I knew I wanted the female protagonist, I wanted the female lead. Don't ask me why; it's just the feeling I had when I knew I wanted to write this story. Mm-hmm. And 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 I was like, okay, now I have to put myself in a woman's mind in these situations. And the thing is, I want to do it tasteful, and that's a word I like to use when I when it comes to my writing because I didn't want to overshadow anything negatively. I wanted to do everything tastefully. So I had to learn, you know, how do I write in a female voice or actions and make sure that it's not. Like Reddit likes to say, men writing women. Uh I right. so tried not to be, you know, distasteful or any kind of um negative light on my main character. And there was a lot of times I did reach out to some females that I know that would have interest in such a character and say, like, you know, what kind of what would this person say here or how would they react to this situation? And ultimately I just used feedback and tried to be as fair as possible and make, make it believable. So
1: that's very interesting. And that thought crossed my mind too when I read it. I thought he's he is writing from the perspective of a female. And mm-hmm. that's interesting for your first book. And um, you know what, but I think you did it quite well. And you know, she's a believable character, so uh, dynamic character for sure.
2: Yeah, but and I mean, h- how
1: interesting that that it unfolded that way. I'm not sure that I I would ever write a book from the perspective of of a man. Not well, sure I, that mean,
2: I would. It, it would. Like again, and that was just more added to the learning process. Mm. Um, but I had fun doing it, and you know, there's obviously other female characters in the book as well. So you have to draw from, from different categories and then you're also switching over to the male version and a uh, perspective sorry. So I was just, it was, it was cool to bounce around, but at the same time, it was cool to learn and just kind of like every now and again, I would find myself closing my eyes and just go, okay, if I was in this situation that, like I said, it sounds a bit bizarre, but if I was a woman in this situation, what would my next move be? And, mm. and you just go with that. Right. So
1: interesting oh my goodness now you don't have a website but you're active on social media so people can find you facebook i think linkedin instagram
2: yeah yeah Uh, so you can find me at instagram the easiest way to find is justin.b.hotter um and you will find me on social media platforms that way i do i do uh i do have hopes to get a website up and running but as this is my first book i didn't Mm -hmm. know I didn't know how far to stretch the rope, so to speak. So uh, I was really just like, let's let's play it cool first, see how it goes. But I have been gaining some followers. I've been gaining some uh, interest in my writing style. So I do have plans to branch out to a website eventually. I'm just still making my mark, so to speak. So
1: Well, Justin, a lot of the newer... Younger writers don't even bother with a website. They find it stagnant. They do. They they put their stuff up on social media. People are out there, and it's it's active and interactive, and can work. From what I can see, it can work just as well. So yeah, well, I yeah. guess you'll make those decisions when you come yeah. to them. I'll give
2: it a shot. See what
1: happens. Yeah. No people in order to, uh, for people to get your book, I'm going to share a, a link to Amazon and that's probably for one sure. of the easiest ways Idiot. or yeah. there are some local locations as well in, in around the province, right? Yep.
2: Yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh, obviously Amazon, my, um, uh, you know, I'd love to keep selling physical copies and meet the people that I'm selling to. That's one of my favorite things to do. I love meeting people and, Here's my signature, whether it might be worth anything or not. I don't know one day, Um, but I just love that, that, that relationship. And unfortunately for Amazon, my goal with that was to hopefully reach a more international audience in case someone stumbled across it or maybe word of mouth caught wildfire. Yeah, there you go. You'll see the image. That's me posted up there in my hometown in that one. Um, So so much support. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's actually overwhelming in some cases because I'm just getting, like, every day I'll wake up to my phone and, like, I'll check my phone and the, the people are messaging me, you know, I've read this chapter. Oh, my oh my God, what's going to happen next or whatever. And, and, it's, and, you know, I try to be modest. I'm not, you know, I'm not letting my head swell. It's not an ego thing. It's just, like, when you hear someone else talk about your characters, talk about your work, talk about your situations you put your characters in. It's kind of surreal because you're like, oh, you actually read this? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and they're like, yeah. So I, I've actually had people read it in a full day. They just like, they're like, I, I started reading and I could not put it down. So I finished it in one day and I'm like, you are crazy. But
1: <laughs> Well, it's like that with adventure stories. But I want to thank you so much for your time yeah, and no. all the information you've shared with people. And keep on writing.
2: Oh, I'm going to. I plan on it anyway.
1: Okay, thanks for joining us on Let's Get Writing. And again, you can see all our shows on YouTube at Katherine Taylor TV. Bye now, everyone, and we'll see you again soon.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katharinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.